Yeah. I love my HBCU. And bar. I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Wash and Charles Bishop. Mike is out on assignment, but we have Charles Bishop and I here with AD Drew. Welcome to episode 433 inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports, for institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on HBCU sports culture. We and HBCU Athletic Aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU Athletic Programs in the business of HBCU Sports. Better known as, we just call it HBCU Sports Culture. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, filming from my home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 1230 AM Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Charles, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Doc. Uh, now we got these uh, out-of-conference games out of the way. It's time to jump into conference play all over the place. You ready for some old conference play, huh? You ready for conference play. Now, now, let's, let's, now the analyst uh, part really takes <laughs> hold, man. <laughs> now, let's see what we're looking at. Yeah, we can really get into it. AD Drew, how yeah. you doing today? Hey, man, I'm doing fine. Just uh... – Happy to hopefully see some teams get above water, get above the Mendoza line. You know, we've only got four teams that have two victories, and one of those is a 500. So maybe when we start playing each other, we can see these things uh, start to balance out and we can really see who's who's the king of the hill. Because when it comes down to us and HBCU sports, it's all about conference championships anyway. It's certainly what the sports culture wants. I'll say this, though, the tough thing about playing conference games is, yeah, obviously it's a winner, but there's also a loser. A loser, exactly. <laughs> Today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. We'll get into some of those matchups, but right now let's get into some news of the day. Uh, with that being said, I'll start it off because I thought this was fascinating. Obviously, you had the stuff out there with Jackson State, Coach T.C. Taylor, Coach Reed talked about 60 minutes, and it had nothing to do with Coach Sanders, Coach Prime. It was about 60 minutes and how they portrayed the city of Jackson and obviously in direction Jackson State, but really to focus on Jackson State. And um, something told me, I didn't even watch it. I didn't watch stuff, but I wouldn't going to watch 60 Minutes, mm -hmm. not anything to do with Coach Prime and stuff like that. I knew he would do what he does. 
I just had this feeling about 60 minutes and what they do in that space that didn't feel comfortable. And I knew something was coming up. Sure did. So shout out to uh, Coach Reed, Coach Taylor, in terms of voicing their disappointment. Next one I want to get into, I'm going to go to you, Charles. I know we got some players of the week that we're always excited about. Let's get into some of these players of the week. Um, yeah, let's take Let's take a look at the SWAC uh, Players of the Week, SWAC Football Weekly Honors uh, for this past week. The SWAC has named Florida A&M's Jeremy Musa, Grandma State's Lewis Matthews, and Tylen Williams, along with Southern's Joshua Griffiths, as its SWAC Football Players of the Week for their impressive performances this past week. Let's take a look at uh, Jeremy Musa on the offensive side of the ball. Musa led the Rattlers to their 16th straight win uh, at Brad Memorial Stadium. He won 18 to 27, 271 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, especially take a look at him in the third quarter. He completed nine of his 10 passes for 179 yards and three touchdowns. On the defensive side of the ball, Lewis Matthews, big day for the Grambling State Tigers in his 58-22 win over Florida Memorial. The senior linebacker racked up 11 total tackles, including a 32-yard interception return for a touchdown. Newcomer of the week in the SWAC was Tyler Williams. Uh, Williams had a breakout game for the Grambling State this past weekend. He tallied three receptions for 102 yards including a big 67-yard touchdown reception. And specialist of the week was Southern's Joshua Griffin. Uh, he connected on two field goals and two extra points in Jaguars' 20-10 win over Alabama A&M. He also contributed four kickoffs, averaging 64.5 yards per kick. So those were your SWAC Players of the Week. Big time, big time, SWAC Players of the Week. Uh, with that being said, A.D. Drew, you had some news that you wanted to focus on for the HBC week this in your yeah, mind, I don't, know, I don't know if you guys covered it on Thursday, but there was a big press conference on Thursday announcing the Florida Beach Bowl. And I almost said Peach Bowl, but it's the Florida <laughs> Beach Bowl uh, that will feature a CIAA team versus an SIAC team. Um, not necessarily for the championship of that level, but it's, it's it's a bowl game. And I think it's exciting that we are going to have a bowl that's going to feature our Division II teams uh, from our two historical HBCU conferences and allow them to uh, show, show their talents. Uh, while there was a press conference, I do have some questions that were unanswered in that press, in that press conference. But I am always the uh, ultimate optimist that this thing is going to get pulled off in fine fashion and be something that we will be talking about off of our tongues, just like we talk about the Celebration Bowl every year. Just, uh, and to your point, uh, both commissioners there from Jackie McWilliams out of the CIAA, obviously, as well as the SIEC, and we saw their release, but this week CIAA did do a official release talking about the board. So, I kind of pointed it out last week, but the fact that you pulled it up, I think is appropriate. So I'm glad that you brought that back to it, particularly with the CIAA and Jack Williams uh, is quoted as saying, we are continuously evaluating ways to improve the CIAA experience for student athletes, alumni, fans, adding a new component like the Florida Beach Bowl creates yet another opportunity for collaboration for our HBCU conferences, end quote. It's a great point there. Go back to you, Charles. Uh, what about on the MEAC side? There's some players of the day that uh, did they shine on the MEAC? Who, who got some love in yeah. the MEAC? Let's take a look at the MEAC as they announced their weekly honors. Howard, senior wide receiver, 
Casey Hawthorne was the MEAC Football Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, Howard defensive back Kenny Gallup uh, earned the Defensive Player of the Week, uh, while Norfolk State's freshman Noah Tracy was named the Rookie of the Week. Let's take a look at their accolades. Casey Hawthorne, the senior 5'11 wide receiver, recorded three total touchdowns against him, passed and rushed for one touchdown. He also caught three passes for 67 yards, averaging 22.3 yards per catch with a touchdown. Defense player of the week was Kenny Gallup, the senior DB, 6'1", collected a game by eight total tackles, seven solo against the rival Hampton. He also forced and recovered a fumble in that game. And Tracy, we take a look at Norfolk State's freshman Noah Tracy being named the rookie of the week, the place kicker, uh, punted the ball five times for 194 yards, averaging 38.8 yards per punt against Temple. He also recorded a 50-yard boot with one uh, onside, oh, I'm sorry, one inside, uh, the 20 yard line. So those were your MIAC players of the week. Big uh, week for a couple of Howard players uh, in that loss to Hampton. I did check it out. I did check it out. Obviously, Hampton had the big win over Howard. We talked about it on Sunday. So I wanted to go see if the Coastal, formerly known as the Colonial Athletic Association, was anybody uh, from Hampton recognized in terms of player of the week. Not to be done. Uh, but OVC talked about Tennessee State getting a big conference win. Well, guess what? Huge. They, they did the 49 yard kick I spoke about. You all broke down. The 50 yard game winner. Well, deservedly so. He was recognized as the Big South OVC uh, special teams player of the week. James Lowry, kicker 5'10, 210. Richard Jr., Lauderdale, Florida. Nine seconds left. To lift Tennessee State to a 27-25 victory over Garland Webb in the John Merritt Classic. And I will add thrilling. I did get to watch it. Mike check. It marked the fifth longest field goal of FCS this season. The junior nailed a 49 field goal just six minutes prior. Uh, both surpassed the previous career long field goals of 43 yards. Lowry is one of just two players nationally with a pair of field goals longer than 49 yards. He also was perfect on PATs, finished the game with nine total points. This marks Lowry's first year as a place kicker after previously serving as the team's kickoff specialist. Wow. So shout out to Lowry. Shout out to the SWAC Players of the Week. Shout out to the MEAC Players of the Week. You know, on Thursday, we'll try to get some love for the SIEC, CIAA, and we even might sneak in some volleyball. Mm. SWAC. Miak players, mm -hmm. if we can get that in there, uh, show you some love there as well as SWAT soccer. And with that, I want to give this out there. We're going details on Thursday, but how women's soccer program kicking some butt? They've won five games in a row, and their next contest is against Alabama AM. So it should be interesting as they welcome the Bulldogs to the capital in Washington, D.C. With that, let's take our first break, come back on the other side. It's time to unveil. The top seven, we're going to get into the top seven, Charles. <laughs> we three, we're going to see what you think about my top seven. Drew, don't get quiet on me. We're going to see what you think of the top seven as well. Stickers will be right back after this first break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden and Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lose, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Westerman and Charles Bishop. Charles, you ready for some poll mid-major rankings? Let's jump into it. I'm, I'm, I'm interested about this. This is going to be good. I'm going I'm to I'm give it out like this. Guess what? Not one team dropped out of polls this week. Not one team dropped out. So all the teams winning, doing well. So, but there were some teams that may have played better than others. So we do have some changes in terms of the order. So I want to see what y'all think about my changes in the order. Before this, I do want to receive, give some love, I should say, for those receiving votes. Three teams outside of the top 10 are receiving votes. That is West Virginia State. Two and one. Overall, one and one conference play. Rolling, 120 points. Fort Valley State, 2-1-1, 2-0 in conference play, 111 points, as well as Central State. 1-1, one one, uh, as they move, or 1-2, I should say, 
and 0 and 1 in terms of what they got going. With that being said, let's jump into the top seven. This week at number seven, Miles Golden Bears, two mm -hmm. and one. They had that tough road loss, uh, just could not quite get it done. Uh, they are one and one in terms of their overall play and conference. Um, they sit at, five, uh, at seven with 130 points. They dropped two slots. They do not drop out of the top seven after the big win. The previous week at Alabama State, stepping up in the division and playing and giving the Golden Lions everything they wanted in that matchup. Bring us to number six. You have none other than uh, Bowie State Bulldogs. Two and one overall. One and oh in terms of conference play. They're rolling 139 points. Big victory uh, this past Saturday. They move up one spot. Previously in seven with 139 points. At number five, Allen Yellow Jackets. I want you to think about this. They're 2-0. Some will say 3-0. They had an exhibition game. So in terms of playing three total games, they got a huge comeback win that we all talked about on Sunday. Uh, coming back from, what, 27 points in the fourth quarter to get it done. They're rolling, mm. setting up a big matchup that we might get a chance to talk about a little later on in the show. They have 142 points, and they move up the slot, uh, getting it done on Saturday. Bringing us to number four as we chop down this list, Tuskegee Golden Tigers, 3-0. Mm. 2-0 in conference play, and they're rolling. They're back in the football business. Started last year, but they come back and showing everybody that they're ready for it. They had a really a tremendous game against Central State that seemed to give them everything they wanted. Uh, but at home, they get it done. So they, to the wins, go to spoils. They stay at number four with 149 points. Number four. This is where we see another one of the changes in the top three spot. At number three, you have Virginia Union Panthers. 3-0. and Closer than most people may have thought in terms of the victory there. Yeah. Overall, 166 points, and I think cost them in terms of them falling a slot from number two, losing a vote uh, as well uh, in terms of being first place in some people's mind. But there's one person that still thinks they should be number one, and that's where they get the first place vote. But at number two, the team that was just behind them has now slid past them. Virginia State Trojans are 3-0 and as well. As the Virginia schools follow Pat at the mid-major level, um, and they are rolling in the Northern Division, which is tough as we think it is. So they are 1-0. Remember, week one, they shocked the world with Norfolk State. Norfolk State comes back the following week and gets a win against Hampton, which makes the Virginia State win even more impressive. They get a non-conference win, and then they really pound their opponent in that first conference game. So they're really playing some good football. Get one first-place vote, jump up to a slot with 180 points, um, and so they're rolling. But at number one, shouldn't surprise you, you have Benedict Tiger sitting at 3-0, 2-0, seven first-place votes. So they gain a first-place vote this week uh, as they continue to roll and rampage everything as they go. Seven first place uh, votes, as I said, 187 points. They stay at number one, and they are rolling, as you see. The Benedict Tigers remain number one in the rankings. Add a first place vote in week number three. 
This is Dr. Cavill's 2023 HBCU Mid-Major Division Football Top 7 Poll Rankings, Week Number 3. Charles, are you talking a bit to get at it? What do you think? Where did we go wrong? Well, you know, I, I, I see Benedict, and it been, like you mentioned, Benedict is rampaging. Uh, Nias Dennis, uh, 264 yards pass and a couple touchdowns. But, oh, they got a, a road test coming October 7th when they head down to Miles. Miles is number seven. I know we got to penalize them for the loss, but I, that ain't a number seven team. That, that's, that's a real good football team. So, already, I got Benedict at Miles circle October 7th. Uh, that is going to be a fun one. I do like that you set up the matchup. I can see that you're not green at this and you know what you're doing. I do have a question, though, for you. Previously ranked five. How far up do you believe they should be since you do not believe they are number seven? You know, the the, the Allen win was very impressive. Uh, and I have to look on the schedule, see if there's an Allen-Miles matchup. But thus far, Miles taking on two swag schools, knocking off one and coming within the eyelash of the other. Whew, I, I would probably have them up somewhere around five. That That's impressive. So you would have kept them at five. If with the loss, yeah. respectable loss, yeah. I'll give you that on the road. Had chances to win that game. A big fourth down stop by the Golden Lions. Credit to them. Getting yeah. it done. A couple of missed field goals. Or we would be talking about something else today about how far up they should go from five. That <laughs> being mm-hmm. said, Drew, uh, what are your thoughts? Are you going in the same direction as Charles? Are you going to spin it? And what else are you looking at if that's the case? I, I did have one correction for you, Doc. Uh, you have Miles' conference record at 1-1. One and one. They are 1-0 and oh in conference. Uh, they lost uh, to UAPB. It was not in conference. Uh, just wanted to make that for everybody who's out there. So, Miles is 2-1, 1-0 and one, one and oh for everybody out there. But speaking of, of the Miles going to Bears, I have to concur with Charles that they are obviously the best one-loss team that we have at the Division II level. So that definitely moves them up to ahead of Bowie State, just based based on that, the fact that the loss is by 1.2 to an FCS uh, opponent. Now the question is, is a 2-1 Miles better than a 2-0 Allen? Allen, If you take name value, yes. If you take dramatics, I don't know. That, that was a hell of a drama that we had on Saturday, man. Well said. Well said. And, uh, and, and going with the other ones, I do agree with the flip-flopping of the uh, Virginia uh, teams. Now the next question would be with that is, does Tuskegee break that Virginia stranglehold in their 2-3 slot? Because uh, both Tuskegee and Virginia Union struggled to to get victories on this past Saturday, even though they uh, they got them. So those are just a couple of questions. I don't disagree with anything, except I do bump Miles up a minimum of one spot, possibly two spots. But the other ones, and we're splitting hair with everybody behind Benedict, uh, honestly. Does, does so Benedict you get, add something else? Yeah, well, the question is, does Benedict get that first test uh, this weekend on the road at Chowan? Drew, what are your no. thoughts on it? He said no. no. <laughs> Dramatic call. No. no. I, I, I don't. I, I, no. 
the thing with Chawan, well, a, a lot of the players who were there last year who would have been eligible to return mm-hmm. left. But I can't remember the, the new coach is, but Chawan does have a new coach, and a lot of just like with Albany State, a lot of the players who were there left with the with the coach and followed him to the new institution. He's in North Carolina. Uh, don't remember what institution he's in, but he's still in the state of North Carolina. So give, giving that, this is not last year's Shawan team that we are talking about uh, Benedict going up and facing, but this does look like a Benedict team right now through three games is better than last year's yeah, Benedict team. And we know how special last year's Benedict team was through through three games. So mm-hmm. Well said. Well, let's get into our second break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll talk about some mid-major matchups. They're not going to necessarily be those big conference games. We'll save those for Thursday, but we have a classic game we'll look at. want to give some teams some love, especially in terms of the independence as well. So stick with us. We'll be right back on the other side for the third segment talking about these key mid-major matchups of the week. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Driving offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class. Yeah, it rocks. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's like a loot machine. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with A.D. Drew and Charles Bishop. Let's get into some of these mid-major matchups. This is classic game, but it's all SIAC. 
the public institutions, the first matchup between those three public institutions in the state of Georgia at the Division II level. They get the first of those matchups. They get a showdown this weekend in Brunswick, Georgia, Glenn County Stadium, Coastal City HBCU Classic, Saturday, September the 23rd at 2 p.m. You have Albany State, the Golden Rams, the 1-2, and 1-0, and versus Savannah State Tigers, 2-1, and 1-0 and in terms of this matchup. If I had to go in terms of how I've ranked these teams in terms of those top 30 or so uh, mid-major programs, it is a pretty decent matchup when you look at it like this. Basically, I would have number 16 versus number 10. But with that being tough, it's a tough matchup, but let's get into it with that being said. Let me go to you first, A.D. Drew. Albany State goalie Rams, Savannah State Tigers, one of these teams uh, gets to continue looking at Savannah State Tigers. They can improve the three and one. Not necessarily a very impressive three and one, but anytime you can get to that margin, you'll take it. They'll be two and oh in the race. Or do you get Albany State that gets to stay at two and oh in the conference race and improve to 500 overall? Which direction are you going in this matchup, Drew? Well, the important thing that you brought out in that conversation, Dr. Bill, is the 2 and 0 portion. Mm. Despite both teams being unimpressive thus far through the season, they are 1 and 0 in conference. And that is the key thing when it comes to these two institutions, is that they remain in the conference race. And let, let's be real. Right now, Teams feel like they're chasing Benedict, Tuskegee, and Miles. Mm. So anytime that you can get a victory against uh, one of these other foes so that you can stay in the race, it's, it's going to be important. Because right now, it's a three, and if Allen decides to play spoiler, you've got a four-team race for two spots. So that's what these teams playing for. But I will say this, living down here in the South Georgia area, there's a little bit of buzz about this game in, in this particular area in Brunswick. You know, they do they do recruit into that eastern portion of Georgia, both of them. Uh, Savannah's a little bit geographically closer, but still, both of them uh, get into that same uh, type area, the Camden mm -hmm. County, and recruit uh, some of those players from there. So th this game is for more than – Conference record, conference bragging right. This game is for recruiting. So uh, I'm kind of favoring Savannah State in this particular game. So if you would ask me to give you a prediction in this game, Dr. McGill. Leaning to the Tigers. Swamp Tigers, mm. as some people say in that area. Charles, which direction are you going with this matchup? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with ID. This is a, not just a conference game, but it's a battle for some uh, recruiting, uh, uh, recruiting edge, especially within the area. Spent some time down there in Brunswick, Georgia, about a, a year and a half of my life. Uh, uh, experienced Savannah State homecoming and enjoyed myself tremendously. Uh, <laughs> Isaiah Knowles, uh, tremendous quarterback for Albany State, uh, 264 yards last week, three touchdowns. I'm sort of leaning with the, uh, I'm leaning Golden Rams on this one. I, I, I like we Savannah split. State, but yeah, but I'm I, I just, I'm going to be the flying to ointment. I'm going to go with Albany State on this. Like, let's switch gears. We're going to go off the radar a little bit. Independent, non-conference, mid-major division game of the week. We're going to head 
to Texas, as well as Oklahoma. On the plains, they said in those parts, right? Or are you in East Texas, in the woods? This one is in the woods. Tyler, Texas, Roll Stadium. Independent game of the week, but it's actually a conference matchup. Sooner Athletic Conference, Saturday, September 23rd at 6 p.m. under the lights. You have Texas College Steers hosting Langston Line. Again, if I was looking at my index and I wanted to rank all these teams at the mid-major level, that's Division II and NIA, this would be 20 versus 31. So, again, they're off, but it's important because somebody is going to get their first win of the season, and it will be a conference win. Charles, what do you say about this matchup? Uh, it's been a tough uh, season thus far for Langston. Normally we don't see them uh, on two uh, going into this game. They're breaking in a freshman quarterback, Randy Martin. He had a big game last week, over 200 yards passing. Uh, a couple players to keep an eye out on in this game. Randy Martin has mentioned. Uh, but uh, also Texas College. They have a young man, a uh, huge game last week. Uh, get this, Arnold Young, 17 tackles last week uh, for uh, the Texas College Steers. But take a look at this matchup. Langston is literally 7-0 and in the matchup history with regards to uh, playing uh, Texas College. And I don't think uh, they will be deterred from getting number eight. I think Langston will get the win uh, in this weekend. Langston has not recovered from the hiccup late last year, Drew. Uh, as Charles alluded to, this is a team over the last couple of years we're used to fighting for conference championships. They started off well last year, and they have went on a swoon, and it seems to have continued this year. Charles talked about the freshman quarterback. But in a lot of ways, they're young across the board in different areas. But Texas uh, College says they don't care. They want to win. They have long sought a win, and they certainly could use one over Langston, which they have not defeated in many moons. With that being said, Drew, what are your thoughts on this matchup? This is a battle of our forgotten about HBCU against the yeah. battle of, of our not thought about HBCU. I mean, I know you guys down in Texas may uh, think about Texas College, but us over here on the East Coast, you know, it's like Texas who? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> a lot of people probably thought uh, – <laughs> a lot of people probably thought Jackson State was playing this team last week instead of the other Texas team that they played last week that, uh, <laughs> you know, put a 70 spot up on. But anyway, uh, for, for Langston, like you said, Dr. Bill, ever since last year, they have not been able to figure it out. And the last couple of years, they have not closed well. But this is un-Langston-like. They've gotten off to strong starts the last three, four, five years ever since mm -hmm. Quentin Morgan has been there. So for them to get off to an 0-2 start, this game is crucial for them to be able to right the ship. And, you know, they had a double bye. They played week zero, did not play week one and two. Go, go figure out that type of scheduling. But anyway, and Texas College. Texas College is just trying to get it right. You know, Texas College, I know they haven't won a conference game in uh in a number of years. Uh and the wins there have been few and far between. So if you're Texas College, you're figuring, hey, this is our opportunity to catch Langston while they're down. And one other thing, Dr. Cabill, I don't know if you realize mm -hmm. this. This is a battle between two of the four remaining NAIA football programs that we have with Arkansas Baptist and Florida Memorial. 
being the other two. So for us to get them and for you to feature them as a game of the week, kudos. Thank you. Yeah, there's not many out there. That NIA football is a dying breed uh, because when you think about the programs at the NIA level, you have a whole conference for the Gold Coast Athletic Conference, but most of them do not play football. So thank you for recognizing why we do what we do. With that being said, let's take our uh, third break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get into our fourth segment. Now it's time for the big boys. Let's look at the major division. We're going to look at the major division top seven poll rankings this week in week number three and see what these gentlemen think about what the computers and the magic and the voters all put together this week. I will tell you this as a tease. There is a change at the top. Let's mm. see who number one will be. With that stick, we'll be right back on the other side. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Rockville inside HBC Sports Lab with AD and Charles. Let's get into it as we get into the top seven for the major division. There were two teams that dropped out this week. One of them uh, had a stunning loss. Howard Bison, one and two. Hadn't played a conference game. They get a chance to right the ship and get that part right. But, boy, they were leading Hampton big time, and they let it get away. Um, but that being said, Alabama A&M went into uh, Baton Rouge, the bluff, thinking that they had a chance to get a big conference win, uh, set themselves up in the top seven and maybe make an argument to move up. It was not to be. They fall to one and two and out of the top seven pole as they go 0 and 1 and swag play. Receiving votes, though. Howard Bison still getting love at one and two. 168 points. You're talking about the Southern Jaguars. They got that big victory, first win of the season, and a big one conference game. They're receiving votes uh, at one and two, one and 0, 154 points. And the Grambling State Titans. You talk about Florida Memorial, the other NIA team that Drew mentioned. Uh, one of the four there, Grandma State Tigers defeat them. Now, Florida Memorial showed some substance in terms of what they were able to do offensively, but Grandma State Tigers at home were just too much to get it done. And people like what they saw in terms of on the offensive side, so they get some votes uh, as they come in as the third team outside the poll. Let's get in the top seven now. At number seven, we have Morgan State Bears. They look like they were still punch drunk over what happened the week before when they had a chance to get the FBS win. It was not to be. They said at one and two, 
uh, and lost that cross-town matchup against Townsend Tigers that jumped on them early and would not let them breathe. Morgan State Bears tried to push blatantly, if you would, in terms of the second half, but it was not to be. So they dropped four spots, nearly out to the pole, but they hang on. One and two, 178 points. Bring us to number six. We have a new sighting. Everybody said, watch out. Off-horn State Braves, mm. they were picked. Mm. And they're in the mix for the swag. Well, mm. they had a big non-conference win at home. McNeese State, they made it two in a row. They go down to McNeese last year, put them on the ropes. This year, they do it at home and hit them again. They're one and two as they play their first conference game this week against Prairie and the Panthers. 179 points. They were not ranked last week, so they vault into the top seven. With that being said, at number five, Jackson State Tigers fall to two and two, 0 and one, 88 points. Uh, they move, drop down a spot from number four uh, as they still are in the top seven, getting it done. At number four, Hampton Pirates, two and one on the season. This is another team that was not ranked that jumps into the poll this week, coming from behind. Stunning a lot of the faithful out there, Bison, that thought they were going to get their first win. This game reminded me when I watched it afar and I just could hear it in so many different ways of what was taking place. Charles, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but I'm sure you'll break it down and tell us. Uh, but if you did, I'm sure in a lot of ways, like me, it reminded you of the Labor Day Class. Team was yeah. big in terms of the rivals and they rushed back in fourth quarter. This one didn't even need overtime. They get it done 35-34. Victor goes to spoils. Pirates hold on to their long winning streak, much like the Panthers. 200 points. Let's get in the top three. And number three, Tennessee State Titans, 2-1-1 and 1-0 and in conference break. That's the Big South OVC. We told you about the play of the week, so now you know they got the big conference win, and they vault up two spots in the poll rankings at 2-12. Are the Tigers back? We'll see. Just keep watching. But at this point, they're ranked number three. Bring us to number two, North Carolina Centrals. They fall from the one spot. Let me say it again. North Carolina Central Eagles, they fall from the one spot. They go to the West Coast. Tough loss, 2 and one on the season. Five first place folks, 25 points. Number one previously. Should be interesting because some people would think because of the matchup, how things went, they maybe shouldn't have fallen. But it was close. They still have five first-place votes. You get at it and you go to number one. Florida and them Rattlers jump in here in the mix. Uh, two and one on the season. They get a win. Central West Florida, it was a top 10-ranked Division II program. They were at home. So start three and three at the half, but in the third quarter, they put it on solid the rest of the way. Uh, two and one, they still hold on to that one oh, as they had that opening weekend uh, victory over Jackson State. They have seven first place votes, so they just eke out 247 points and they move to number one at least for a week and week number three. We'll see if they can hold on to it, see what people think as things move forward. Uh, as this is just a snapshot of a poll ranking people we don't do the projections we did that early in the preseason now it's week to week looking at matchups look at what teams do in this week and those things so you'll see some teams maybe slide but at the end of the day i want to see what ad drew thinks about the poll rankings in week three and then we'll go to charles i'm gonna leave this poll up for, for a while i discuss something <laughs> 
And I'm I'm just looking at this. Mm. Your number one and your number two team, Doctor Cavill. Two wins. Everybody, everybody, five it up. Your, your two win team. Okay, great that that we got all the two win teams bundled up there together. But your number one and your number two teams have victories against D twos. But number three, four, and five have not played D two. That's something to think about. <laughs> Jackson State having played one extra game because of the week zero against Florida AM, who lost to your number one team. Is that loss worth more than those victories mm. by your number three and your number fourteen? Mm. I'm just I'm I'm just I'm just doing some some things that 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 I'm looking at and seeing. Uh, Alcorn, it's it's very it's usually unusual when a team comes from not ranked into into a poll and then jumps ahead of a team who is highly ranked, a la Morgan State, the first time that they're in the poll. Just just, just a couple of observations that I'm. Looking at as I'm breaking down the poll, no no comments on that stuff one way or another. Just so general observations that I'm, I'm seeing now. I, Charles, I'm gonna toss you the softball. Let's see, let's see if you, if if it's gonna be WTP or if it's gonna be a home run. Well, well Charles, I will you know, say no this. Baseball lingo. Hey, hey, Drew, those are very astute observations. So I want to hear what Charles has to say before I go in. As much as I wanted to fight you on North Carolina. <laughs> Falling, North Carolina Central falling from number one. You know, I think you can make a hard argument to family. They passed the eyeball test, you know, in terms of how they look thus far this season. Um, you, you take on an FBS team, albeit not an FBS team that's a power five team, but yet still they, they passed the eyeball test. Uh, let, me, let me make some quick observations. Alcorn, impressive. Uh, you beat McNeese uh, back-to-back years, and – that running game is is going to be something to keep an eye on with regards to Alcorn the rest of the season. Jarvin Howard is, is that dude, uh, and he's going to be uh, a handful of uh, teams in swag play. Uh, great matchup uh, with Prairie View and Alcorn this upcoming weekend because they're both teams that really mirror each other. Uh, Jackson State, I said this about Jackson State. If they, get, if they can get through their first four games, they get real scary the rest of the way. And it was a lopsided loss this past weekend at Texas State, 77 points. They literally couldn't do nothing to stop them on, on the defensive side of the ball. But Jack State, interestingly enough, has found at least a couple more pieces uh, from an offensive standpoint going the rest of the way. Um, I think, you know, that's going to be a team to watch in terms of putting points up. Hampton, wow. You know, <laughs> I, can't, I can't say enough about it. You know, I think you touched on it, Doc. You talk about a team that, that fought back and, you know, that refused to lose, really kicked in, and they stamped themselves as really. I want to talk about Tennessee State and that win over Gardner-Webb. Draylon Ellis, up and down career thus far uh, at Tennessee State. I can't say enough about him in terms of getting the game-winning drive and a knock home a, a 50-yarder for, for, the, for the game winner. Tennessee State is on top of the OVC. When's the last time we've even talked about Tennessee State being on top of the OVC like that? Uh, that's a huge win for them. So, uh, you know, I can't fight you on, on this week's poll. This is this is a good poll. It's, uh, you really kind of get to 
you know, decipher more things in these upcoming polls. But this is a this was a tough one to really kind of look at and kind of sit back and say, okay, this, I, I like this. I, I like what teams are slotted, and it's going to be fun watching how these how these seven or eight teams, because I do believe Southern, although it was ugly, they're going to figure it out at some point because I do think they got talent on the offensive side of the ball. And I think, you know, once we get into conference play, the defense will, will rear their ugly head. Now is the time things are starting, are really going to kind of turn themselves out and going to become fun. That all corn preview matchup is a great, great matchup this upcoming weekend. Yeah, talking hey, Charles, about let me ask you that. Talking about that matchup yeah. is going to be interesting to see where that goes. We will talk about that in depth on Thursday. Drew, mm-hmm. what did you want to say before we go to our last segment? I want to ask Charles. If you you say a Southern is going to figure it out and get back into the uh, seven, so who do they replace? I've got my thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. Let me put it. Let me put it back up for you. Who does Southern replace? As of today, who does Southern replace? They don't replace anybody. Uh, No, he's saying he's saying as you projected out when they get it right. You say they go get it right. So uh, out of this group that we have right now, who who are they going to knock out? Oh, who's not knocking themselves out to allow Southern to come in? Right. Uh, let me table that because I'm 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 I really I I think you can make a a good hard argument for four teams in the SWAC West. That's how difficult it is to to answer that right now, <laughs> uh, because I've seen enough from each of Prairie View, Grambling, Alcorn, and Southern to where on any given night. You know, it's going to be a, a, a slip by either team. That's the margin of victory uh, for any of these teams. And, and I think that's the thing that makes it hard to kind of answer that right now. Uh, so let me let me let me table that. I, I'll throw this in. I, if body is I, back, then I think you talk about five. And that's the question yeah, mark to see where is yeah, body. With that said, yeah, Drew, who you yeah. think going to fall out? Well, kind of along the same lines as you just mentioned, Charles, but. I think because of those factors that you just mentioned, that does not allow Southern to creep back in there because everybody's bunched up right there together. You know, somebody's gonna be four and four or five and three winning that winning that West, which I'm afraid is not going to be enough to crack this top seven because of you're gonna you're gonna be at five hundred or just above five hundred. Now, if I had to be get in the corner and pick one team. I'm going to pick the Hampton Pirates as the one team that would fall out and open it up for someone, maybe not Southern, but for someone, just because of the gauntlet of that CAA schedule that they yeah. play. Yeah, yeah. And let, let me throw something else out real quick about that West. Um, it's literally going to come down to the consistency of the quarterback play because everybody in Swag West, I think, has two great running backs. I mean, when I take a look at uh, how they move the ball offensively, uh, they're going to have to come up with something opportunistic on defense, and they're just going to have to get enough from the quarterback play, especially uh, when you take a look at, uh, you know, how they've kind of been up and down. You can you can see inconsistencies across the board with, with each of the quarterbacks in Swag Well, I got to jump in on that. I think the only one, I agree with that for the three teams, Prairie View, uh, Alcorn as well as Southern. I think it's opposite for Grambling. 
I think they have the quarterback play. The question is, can they get enough defense to go along with it? Or mm. um, as you talked about those four in the mix, interesting to see what that looks like. And similarly, Texas Southern the same way. They have the quarterback. The question is, is he going to be healthy enough to play? Yeah. And I think they actually they have enough right. defense to get it done. So I think that's the scary thing about Texas Southern is they have all the cards on the table, even though they lost that overtime win. Yeah. We saw how tough that matchup is. The question is, will body be healthy to play? With that, we got to get to our next break, come back on the other side and talk about our last two matchups at the major division level, and then we'll call it a show. you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. At Tyson, we know taste is local. Some like their beef pit smoked, their chicken spiced all the way up, or their pork sweet and saucy. Local flavors, global impact. That's what feeding the world is all about. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Hear the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way. You consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow left and so listen to Professor Yes, sir. And pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab. Welcome back. Professor Drew, Professor Bishop are at it as we get into the major division games of the week. It's going to look like we fell in love with the SWAC. It just happened to be that with the Classic. One of the challenges this week in terms of independent matchups, guess what? It fell on the schedule that all three independent programs, Tennessee State and Hampton after their big wins, as well as North Carolina AT after a tough loss with their new rival Elon, at least according to Elon, <laughs> are off this weekend. So with that being said, the bonus game that we're going to give you is a SWAT game that features the number one team, the new number one team that we talked about that was established in week, Florida and them Raptors. With that being said, let's go back to our HBCU class major division game of the week. We got Jackson, Mississippi. Welcome home, T.C. Taylor. We can mm. open it up for the fans. 
They welcomed him home for his first home game of the season. Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium, WC Gordon Classic. Happens to be a swag matchup on Saturday, September the 23rd is the date of the contest. And the time is 6 o'clock. It will be on ESPN+. Plus. You have Bethune-Cookman Wildcats 1-2 and two on the season playing their first conference game against Jackson State Tigers that are 2-2 two and two on the season that have already played a conference game and come in 0-1. Obviously, they're chasing family, so they can't afford a second loss. Bethune-Cookman would love to spoil uh, the opening house party, if you would, for Jackson State. Jackson State, number five in their top seven poll. If I was ranking them again in terms of the top 21 major division programs, Bethune-Cookman would come in at number 14. Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of this match? First of all, I was pleasantly surprised by Bethune-Cookman's performance last week against the University of Miami. You know, they uh, they did, were able to put up some points and keep it relatively close in in match. Uh, you know, that's uh, outside of the Florida a and victory. I think they may be the second closest uh Margin that we've had, uh, Florida victory. Florida and them lost to South Florida, and maybe like the second closest uh margin that we've had in a FCS FBS matchup between uh our HBCUs this year. Uh, Jackson State, go back to what Charles said. This was a team that we knew once they figured it out because of the coaching, because of the talent that they were going to be dangerous. Well. Now, this is the opportunity for Jackson State to go and show it. Look, Jackson State's going to be heavily favored in this game. That's going to be probably 40-plus thousand still there in the studio, even without a Coach Prime, because everyone wants to see what Coach T.C. Taylor has to bring. And T.C. wants to put on the show because we know how it is in the first home event of every sport. If you come out, you show out in that first home game, and you win that first home game, you got your fan support for the whole year. If you lose that that home game, you lay an egg, you blow it at the end, nobody's going to be there but the girlfriends and the mamas for the rest of the year. So I expect Jackson State to come out and to, and to do good and to not only win this game, but win this game with relative ease. I know T.C. Hiller, in terms of the conference call, he said he's wants to see his team that has done in most people's perspective look relatively good uh i would say good on offense but he says he really wants to see them break out so it'll be interesting to see if he can get it done this weekend against bethune cookman as drew said the fans happy at this homecoming if you would opening uh day for uh, the job you see gordon classic charles what are your thoughts uh, I tend to agree with Drew, but uh, I tell you something that should concern you that uh, could take all the air out the balloon, and that's Jackson State special teams. Uh, Jackson State special teams this season uh, has been woeful at best. Uh, huge uh, 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 kickoff return, FAMU. Uh, you had the same issues uh, in regards to that with uh, in the Texas State game, uh, but like you mentioned, uh, I do expect a huge turnout. Uh, all the guard, the guardism. The play for TCisms that will be, you know, uh, in the house uh, for this game. So, and then uh, the, the, the added something that 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 the the the, the sort of 
prick on the shoulder, if you will, is, is the, the whole thing with the six minutes. That, uh, this is a very, very proud community. Uh, so they will turn out in droves, Coach Taylor and this Jackson State football team. Uh, I do need an impressive performance because, uh, you know, there there's just a lot more than just the game kind of riding on it, if you will. So I'm expecting a huge performance for Jackson State. That's a good point. I didn't think about in terms of the cultural meaning of this. Guardy Yard, obviously coming off the 60 Minutes uh, component that folks uh, certainly rightfully uh, were uh, frustrated and concerned about. But uh, so good point there. Let's move on to our independent game of the week. As I said earlier, it happens to be a swag matchup. That is because the three independent major division programs that we tend to feature in this segment happen to have open games the same weekend. So we couldn't pick any of them in terms of having a matchup. So we're going to go to Tallahassee. Tallahassee, Florida, with the number one ranked Florida AM Rattlers that just earned that ranking uh, in terms of our poll announcement today. They're 2-1, and 1-0 one, one and oh in terms of conference play. Um, so this is Bragg Memorial Stadium, as you know, SWAT, 23rd of September, 5 o'clock p.m. Central Time on ESPN Plus as well. We'll get a chance to watch these games, those that have access to ESPN Plus. You have Alabama State Hornets, 1-1. One having an extra week off to see if it makes a difference. Obviously, they're coming off a tough loss to Miles uh, in that matchup, but they're on the road back in Tallahassee uh, at the number one program. So they get a chance to make a statement, Hornets. You're talking about getting a big win on the road. It'll be against the number one ranked team. Be interested to see what that looks like. Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of matchup before I turn it over? If you look at my index of the top 21 HBC programs, I would have Alabama State Hornets coming in at number 16. Thus far, I have to say FAMU has passed the eyeball test. Uh, the question for me, uh, for a lot of teams going forward, can you get your hands on Jeremy Moose? Uh, because once he's comfortable back there, it's, it's a wrap. So that's the million-dollar question. Can this Alabama front seven, can they create enough havoc uh, to get back there to Musa. I've been actually impressed by Florida A&M's rushing attack uh, this season, but uh, I think everything hinges on whether you can put your hands on Jeremy Musa uh, defensively. Uh, this has to be a D. Davis breakout game. I mean, you're talking about a, a quarterback who, who's, who's been on the ropes uh, since he's been at Alabama State. Uh, they started to integrate another quarterback in. question for me is, can Alabama State move the ball against this very, very stout Florida A&M defense? I got to go Florida and They haven't lost a brag in a second or two, and I don't think it's going to happen this weekend. Good stuff. Go to you, Charles. I mean, uh, go to you, Drew. Uh, your thoughts in terms of Tallahassee. Number one ranked FAMU rallies hosting SWAT opponent Hornets. Do they get it done and continue that home winning streak? Or is there a way that Hornets have a chance to make the upset? What are your thoughts? Uh, speaking of that home winning streak, Let's put this whole winning streak into perspective, everyone. Last time, fam, you lost in Bragg, there was no such thing as the coronavirus. Pre-pandemic, 16 in a row that they won at Bragg Memorial Stadium. So with that being said, Dr. Cavill, can Alabama State do it? Yes, they can. They have the defense to do it. If they stick with their running game and keep the ball away from that FAMU offense, 
they can do it. The problem is Alabama State has not looked good on offense, even in the one win against uh, Southern. They still questions at the quarterback position. You know, you might well throw Alabama State with all the uh, teams in the West. Questions at the quarterback <laughs> position. You know, they they mm. have got to figure out what they're going to do with the quarterback position or be switch over to a game manager type position, go with their pounded running game because they do have a great running game and take the air out the ball and keep the to keep the FAMU defense at bay. You have to get at Musa, make him uncomfortable. Even West Florida had the ability to make Musa uncomfortable. Something else to note. West Florida was actually able to run the ball against Florida AM until the second half when they got down when they abandoned the run game. So Alabama State, even if you get down, and I don't believe I'm telling you telling you this formula, me being a family rattler, but <laughs> stick with the run game and you you have a chance. If you learn anything from the loss to Biles, when you went away from the run game, that's what allowed Biles to get back into the game and cool. to come back and upset you. So they've got to stay with the run game, whether they're up or whether they're down, if they're going to have any chance at Brad. That was just shy of 18,000 there uh, against West Florida. I expect this crowd to be around 21,000 for this uh, given the proximity of these two institutions. Good stuff. Charles, you want to add something in there? Well, well I think the, the, the question, and like you, said, you mentioned, stick with the run game. Is there a point where you see eight, nine in the box well, you got to take some shots downfield. And they got a guy, Keyshawn Johnson, he's going to win his individual battle. I mean, he's a, he is a, a unit. Uh, when you take a look at a weapon that they have in the passing game, I, I, and I, I agree with you. I, I want to see them try to stay with the run, but you got to put the ball in that man's hands. That, that He can make some plays for you. So that's going to be a, a curious matchup uh, uh, in terms of what family you can do with Keyshawn Johnson. Nice thing is if they, thing speak, that I did if they do the run to your point there, Charles, is now that play action becomes even more. Yeah. So to two's point <laughs> is it's not only do you stick with the run, but you got to be somewhat effective with the run, and then you can sneak in that pass to maybe uh, get Brandon in the action. You just, what else you have, Drew? You just took you just took you just took the words out of my mouth. The, uh, Instead of going strictly RPOs, you've got to go with more play action to open it up so that you do have the opportunity uh, to get the ball to Keyshawn Johnson. you got to get that safety to pause for a moment or to dive in to uh, to get those openings for Keyshawn Johnson. And fellas, I've told you, the data is starting to trend this way. It's not about rushing yards. It's about attempts. rushing attempts. Yeah. And, and if Alabama State gets those attempts, they can stay in this ball game. That's going to keep them within a uh, a one score game. And when it's within a one score game, anything can happen, y'all. Yeah, good stuff. Great point. Yeah, you're right. And people get tight uh, in those one game matchups. So it'll be fascinating to see what that looks like. That'll do it for us tonight. Thank you, Professor Drew, Professor Bishop. Thank you for listening to Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yadakaville, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, and A.D. Drew. I also want to say shout-out to the lab listeners. Great action. 
great dialogue, great talk. Thank you for jumping over uh, to the YouTube as well as those that follow us and got us going on Facebook. I want to thank Drew for coming in a pinch and making sure that we got us on and got it going. Again, I want to thank you for the listeners. Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Mitchell. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we'll be back six. We'll get into some of the conference matchups. CIAA, SIAC, MIAC, they'll be outside, but they have a matchup between MIAC and SWAC that will feature. Uh, the previous number one team, new, now number two, North Carolina Central takes a ballot. People may have forgot the last time Central and Valley came together for a football matchup. Valley sent them home with a loss. So Central Eagles have a little thought process of wanting to get even. This is in a neutral site, so it is a classic. So we'll look at that as well as the SWAT game. Valley will slip, sneak up on them. <laughs> <laughs> They won't sneak up on this side, was, Doc. I was at least trying to sell it. <laughs> you, you're right. I'm sorry. No problem. The SWAT conference game of the week, I'll put it out there now. We'll talk about that Caribbean All-Farm best matchup in the West uh, to see what that looks like. Uh, and so we'll give you a little bit of that talk on Thursday. With that, Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's K-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We'll talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Drew? Lecter? Dismissed. Got the light, everybody. <laughs>